In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witness. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. Everybody can see that moment where I just saw it. We're going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Hey guys, welcome back to the End Sons podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Blaine. And today we are joined by Sam Jolman, who it's been a hot minute since you've been on. Yeah. But listeners may recognize your name from several articles you've written for us over the past few years. And anyway, you just wrote one for volume six. I'm excited to dive into that because it's super timely. You had written something else actually. And then you emailed me and you're like, "Uh, I think people need a different conversation. And anyway, I think putting it first in the magazine demonstrated that I Totally agreed with you. So the last time you were here, though, we were talking about marriage and romance and sex. And you had just had your third son. I think we might have had really young ones. You had your daughter. Oh, my gosh. You guys. Because we were were comparing sleep (laughs) quantities from the previous want I want somebody to go back in time and see how coherent I was four years ago and compare it to now. (laughs) Like... Sam, did you remember that you had a daughter at that point in time? Mm. You're very coherent. Very much. A lot of my life. Um, Yeah. We're not talking about sex today, but do you have any thoughts on sex you want to share with us before we pivot? What what, what questions do you have? Happy anniversary, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes, 18 years. It's it's amazing how much we're still exploring and discovering. I would say that. Um, And... I remember that being a really fun conversation despite my sleeplessness. And <laughs> right. um, Okay, one of the things that stood out to me in that conversation yeah. and is something that Susie and I are wrestling through real time, you and Amanda were trying to figure out how to fight for each other's alone time and spaces in the yeah. midst of now playing zone defense. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that at least you were doing then was Amanda was doing art classes one yeah. night a week. That's right. And... That stuck with me. Four years later, as Susie and I are doing a horrible job of fighting for each other, yeah. I'm really good at fighting for myself, it turns out. Yeah. Less so um, <laughs> fighting for her. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to grow, honey. <laughs> but four years later, is that still the case? Are you guys still choosing to set out those, those spaces? The art classes, so the, the kind of terrain has shifted. It's not art classes right now. I, I will say that because our boys are older now and the activity volume is higher for their life, like now it's soccer and, you know, it could be something every day for them. Um, right. So it, it feels like it's continuing to shoehorn something that completely doesn't fit into the calendar. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, you want to go away with your girlfriends for a weekend? Absolutely um, that sounds crazy right now, but yes. it still needs to happen. So, yeah, and it, it's it's actually been good to see our boys understand the language of like, oh, Amanda just gave me Father's Day morning off, for, and so I went and hiked Blodgett Peak, and the, just that to hear our boys kind of echo back the language of like, 
oh, mom's having alone time or mom's away or dad's getting away. I had somebody say to me once, like, it's good that you also teach your kids, like, dads need space. Moms need space. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's continued. The train's different, but. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I, I am sort of wishing that you said, hey, at some point, it's just natural to take time away because it doesn't feel like it's going to be natural. It's certainly not, not natural right yeah. now. It does feel like shoehorning it in every time of, okay, mommy's going to have a friend over in the evening, so daddy's going to be on, and you can't yell for mommy. Or if you do, she's not coming. Yeah. Feels feels impossible. Feels yes. like it's just our cortisol is going to be triggered anyway. Yes. <laughs> our stress is going to be triggered anyway. We're going to be looking at the dishes anyway. And it just feels like a constant choice uphill. Yeah. While scree is rolling downhill. And yes. Yeah. Maybe that gets easier as the kids understand it yeah. more, but it doesn't fit the schedule everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I like your analogy because it often feels like like you're setting off a boulder that you just have to watch roll down the hill and smash into things of yes. the schedule or the day or like hopefully not a, a relationship <laughs> right. or a real person but like yeah it it doesn't ever feel easy or like mm. it just fits like oh this is so natural and mm. i remember a quote i think my wife cut out out of a magazine for like an advertisement for some like product but it said our life feels like chaos, looks like love or something like that. Or family looks like love, but feels like chaos. It was something like that. That it, I was like, that feels true. I like it. I like <laughs> it. It's both ways. Like it's a little bit confusing, and love and chaos are all wrapped up in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Related question before we shift to today's topic would be: our last conversation was, in a way, reframing romance, reframing. Yeah the characteristic activities that build romance. So I'd love to know, four years down the road, what features of your life are building romance now? Well, <laughs> we, we're in marriage counseling. That's, it's funny that that's the first thing that's coming to mind. Mm. So yeah, I, I think, you know, 18 years in, we're still discovering in marriage counseling ways that we protect from each other. And ways that we haven't felt safe or like even hurts that happened, you know, 15 years ago, a couple of years into our marriage. And it's interesting to now have a significant story together. I mean, 18 years is a, that's a big book already, it feels like. So going back and even dismantling some experiences that we had early on in our marriage that doesn't feel like it carries a lot of maybe romantic sentiments like, whoa, it's not necessarily the swooning sort of thing, but that's a place that I feel like we're doing a lot of fighting for romance is, you know, I'm convinced that fights are this like messy place to have false passion, right? Like a fight can be really passionate mm. and it kind of combines that sense of like, I want to stay guarded and I want passion. So let's fight. And we're trying to, it, it doesn't feel like the good sort of passion, right? But it gets out some energy. There's something that's bonding about a fight. So mm -hmm. we're, that, that actually happened, especially um, as we turned into the pandemic. Like, wow, we're fighting a lot. So it was a lot harder to have more vulnerable passion, like a deep conversation or sex or um, a date or just affectionate care for each other. 
it seemed like the passion was coming out as fights. So part of the romance was having fights a lot and then learning like, we don't actually like this version of passion. So how do we dismantle that or turn the corner to something more real? That's so good. What? I was ready for you to say like, oh, it's my habit. Every Saturday there's a farmer's market and I always <laughs> bring her fresh crap flowers. And I was going to go like, good for you, Sam. <laughs> Pivoting to your article, um, you've been practicing as a therapist, counselor. I don't know which title you prefer for years and years now. Yeah. And so when I reached out to you, I had something in mind and then you were like, that sounds great. Actually, let me suggest mm -hmm. this one instead. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about what you wrote and why you felt like it was helpful in this particular moment? Yeah, I think, you know, with as with everybody, um, even still it's happening, but like, what is this thing that's happening to all of us, this pandemic thing, right? There was such a, a sense of um, new experience without a lot of um, ability to reflect on it yet. So trying to, put a hand on the pulse of what, what are we all going through here? And I transitioned as a therapist to like basically counseling from this shed in my backyard for a year, um, doing telehealth, um, sessions. So, um, just being cramped in the shed, um, and just even that experience alone was such a journey, but, um, and suddenly talking to people now through a screen and the intimacy of that or lack thereof. Um, but to see it actually also worked, like um, there was a sense of seeing people's ability to survive and a resilience in that. Like we actually can, we're, we're functioning and making it. Um, and that was by and large what I experienced with my clients is seeing um, people fighting to survive in, in the midst of a lot of loss. Mm -hmm. So um, you were going to use a, an article that I'd written that was like a year old or something. Yeah, like, it was like on the there. front end of the pandemic. Yeah. And you're like, we now need to deal with the fallout of what's happened and is happening, yeah. right? Or yeah. Was that a bit of a shift? Yeah. And I think I was noticing when this edition came out, like the vaccine had been out. It, there was a waves of people starting to get it. So there's a sense of things are going to open. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just knowing as a therapist, that's often when you start to feel things like you, people have a really good way to get through things, but it's often after it, as I wrote, like that you start to feel things. So it was like, we need to talk about that because I think that's going to hit people as an unexpected wave. Mm -hmm. um, it always does me. I think about often like, yeah, Christmas time after, like I usually take a I feel like a I'm week laughing because I already know where this is going. When, <laughs> when, as soon as you name a holiday, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yep. Like this build up to Christmas. Um, I always take a week off at Christmas between Christmas and New Year and, um, or more time. And the amount of times that I get sick in that period, mm. just from like finally resting, and finally, like coming down from the stress of the fall into the holidays and all of the busyness of the holidays, um, it's it's often, um, and so just realizing, and it always surprises me, like what happened? Oh, I was stressed and I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. um, you just get used to it. So yes, and now you finally have the permission to experience it. Yeah. I feel like this is my experience with Christmas every year. We we 
pivot between the Eldridge family and the Douglas family Christmases between Susie and my families and somebody's sick. Why does it feel like yeah. we're always like rolling in and then people just sort of collapse into this mess and you're like, yeah. oh, you now have permission yes. and a few days to be the mess that you actually are, that we that we are, that I am. And mm-hmm. so that's, you just say, the time after Christmas and something in me goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like something that I keep repeating and and my friends in my close circles keep repeating in this moment as we're we're in the middle of summer. It's been a year since lockdown. I'm not working in my garage anymore with like the hum of the freezer going and the dust kind of swirling anytime I move. So there's a sense of I'm back to normal now-ish, although I don't know whether people want a vaccine record or a mask or what whenever I walk into a public space. So there's a level of uncertainty there. It's not true, true normal, but there's a sense of, oh, I should, I should be right on back to how I felt in 2019. Mm -hmm. And yet, like with that analogy, like with that story with the mother, I think I keep, I keep repeating myself. I am surprised that I'm not doing as well as I think I should. The reserves seem to be low. The capacities to engage in things that weren't that hard for extended periods of time feels really short. So, you know, mm-hmm. being a dad, being being a husband, being a friend, mowing my lawn, I'm like, did I turn 75? I think I turned 32, but now I like mow my yard and then I read my kids a book and I'm like, daddy needs to sit on the couch for a little bit. Like, wait, where, what? Like, I just... I just did a triathlon. Like yeah. I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not unwell physically, but I'm bumping into like a governor that's stopping me from going any faster, or some some other kind of wall. And so, reading your piece, I'm like, yes, yes, I am aware that it's there, and I'm aware that I don't always know that it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so could you tease out maybe some of the ways that you think people might begin to experience and not yet have words for, oh, I'm not actually doing as well as I thought, mm-hmm. or the pandemic had some impact that I am only just now naming. Like, What are the ways that you think we might see symptoms of that if we don't yet have the language for it? The first one that comes to my mind, and maybe a primary one, is reactivity. Like um, just not having the bandwidth um, or capacity. I mean, you're naming that as well. Just even the physical capacity, like stamina to mow the lawn. But I think I've seen both in my practice and in my own personal life, like a there there can be a reactivity, like an irritability. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why am I not able to just return to my capacity? Mm. So that could be an, a reactivity in relationships. That could be a reactivity um, with your kids. It could be reactivity, like. I experienced that with, you know, this spring, our family took some steps to return to some things. Like my boys went back to soccer and which had been canceled the previous year mm-hmm. and we did soccer. And it was like, it started with this gusto of joy and like, wow, like seeing fields of kids again and parents outside. And there was this joy and like life has come back. Um, but to endure a whole season and like, wait, like, twice a week we have to come to this field oh and, gosh the first um, game was awesome but the second and yeah. 10th you're like, yeah how long are these yeah mm. and 
it was um, before that would have felt so normal mm-hmm. and okay. And this time it felt like I'm good. Let's like we did a game. Let's let's call it. <laughs> and again, yeah. reactivity maybe that came out as um, just the push. It felt like I had to push. Um, my wife and I both like push to pack the things and even our kids. And that's maybe where some of the breakdown, like even for them, like make sure you have all of your gear in the bag and do you have your water and all that stuff. And it was just, um, it was hard. Yeah, okay. When you say reactivity, I immediately go to, is everybody else experiencing like an exponential rise of road rage or is it just me? Like it feels right. like it's really hostile when I go on the road and it wasn't yes. before. Yes. That's well said. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yes. And we don't know if they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out. Okay. The reactivity piece is really good. The capacity piece. I'm curious if there if there are others. If you like even from your own life, you're going, okay, I'm assuming you're not working in your shed anymore. And uh, I'm curious, because I this is I have I have a suspicion that this is one for me. I feel more greedy for this summer and this amount of sunshine and warmth than in past years. Mm-hmm. We had a cold week this last week and it was rainy and um, I, I was so bitter at the weather because I felt like I mm-hmm. I have waited for it to be 80. It deserves to be 80 and there and then we we've packed our schedule mm-hmm. too. Like it is mm-hmm. some somebody for dinner, some activity, and as soon as there's a pause, we like hit the end of our reserves and we have like a day with nothing and we cram our calendar full of things for the next few weeks. I know you were saying that you've been on how many camping mm-hmm. trips? So I'm, yeah. I'm worried that <laughs> I'm worried that that may also be a symptom that there's yes. like a greediness to get it, to get, to get, I don't even know what I'm trying to get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like how many things are sold out right now? Like I just saw a statistic that camper sales are up like 30%. And then there's, you can't buy a camper. Like, um, my neighbor just bought a a, a camper and there were people like upping their bid while he was looking at it. People were texting the guy saying, I'll give a thousand more, whatever he's going to take it for. Like, in like the eBay of Facebook marketplace or something. (laughs) Yeah. Campers. Crazy. Um, So I I think there is a, and I've experienced this, like an ache to binge on life. Like, I made it. We made it. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the party? Like, where where do we get to, like, um, replenish? And so, yeah, we went on four camping trips. Um, and that all sounded amazing in the middle of pandemic hell. Um, four camping trips over how many Four weeks? of the last six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, uh, and was that a good choice on this side of things? <laughs> well, um, the first trip was amazing. And each trip had joy even still, but um, they were really hard to to rise to. And um, I, I, at some point, the last one, uh, we came home a day early because it was raining and cold. Um, and... Um, it, it, it just felt like we overdid it. Like the muscles are really tired. What were we thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, you know, I knew what we were thinking. We want life. Like, let's get out of this. And so. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like a coke addict but for summer like give me a give me a line <laughs> you're and always I'm a coke it. addict for summer though <laughs> i know that's true but even but even more so and i think what i don't know sam what you're what you're alluding to is something i've been experiencing as well of like we'll we'll do these outings as a family um and then my tank isn't as full at the end as i think it should be mm-hmm. and that is maybe partly that those muscles are atrophied and i don't know how to like fully get there but I also feel like there's a hole in the bottom of my bucket mm-hmm. and no matter how much I keep trying to scoop in it's going to drain out mm-hmm. and I don't like that experience I don't like that I can go do something replenishing and then mow my yard and go okay kids daddy needs to sit down for a week and a half <laughs> I don't know thoughts on that blade like where are you going with that oh I have questions <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay I identify yes especially with uh, gravity being turned up and your description of trying to get the kids out of the house for something. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that you made it out of the house four times for camping, I think that's amazing because <laughs> where my diminished capacity and everything else expresses itself is in some form of mobilization, right? It's like, yeah. uh, or, you know, I, I've noticed that for me it's, less ability to pay simultaneous attention to what my wife is saying to me and doing the dishes. This is just like two things, but I'm kind of this this zone where my reactivity is in there when it's like, when honestly, not very much is being asked of me in some of the situations that I'm finding really hard. It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, clean the house because people are coming over and also stay present to, you know, the question that your wife is asking you about uh, whether or not your son might be allergic to beans or something, right? As like, these are real examples of being like, it's just, I need you to pick either to talk to me or for me to clean. I can't do both things. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you're talking about like the binging summer, um, the title of the article is when will we feel this? Mm-hmm. And then the impulse or and the desire is to engage restoration intentionally. So feeling it and then responding to it seem like the two <laughs> objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to know what's working for you mm. in both categories. Mm. What are you finding to be useful in feeling it, uh, acknowledging that your arms are broken, and then if the fourth camping trip didn't work, <laughs> what what is helpful? What is working? That's a great question. You know, chronic stress impacts your body. And it, so it will be kind of a body-up thing. So it's it's not going to be... It's not let me reflect on the pandemic and make sense of it. That's not the work that needs to happen. It, it's a kind of a body up thing. Like you just survived, um, which requires you to go into a different state of existence, survival. Um, you're out of that. Your body is now going to, in some ways, even physically detox 
from the stress chemicals you just endured. Part of it is that. Mm. So I, I think it's so important to engage how your body's talking to you. And like I've, I was crossfitting and not like, and I, this, you, I call it And that's how you said it differently both times. <laughs> I'm crossfitting and not like crossfitting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, it's dad bod prevention for me. It's just <laughs> to keep up with my kids. But and I, I um, have done that for a number of years and our gym closed for two months. And so I paused my membership and um, they opened back up in various ways, but it, I was in survival and I was like, I can't. I can't get to that. I don't know. Um, you know, now it's a, a registration system, all that stuff. So, but I like started my membership back up and I've gone once and I keep thinking of going each morning, like, oh, I should get up and go. And I just, I don't have that push as, you know, mm, like to pack yes. the things and be ready to run out the door. Um, and I've been frustrated with myself. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to just mm. say, okay, wait, 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 wait. Like, I got to smoke what I sell here. Like, <laughs> this, this is the moment I need to listen to my body. Mm -hmm. Right? That, like, I probably need to not push and um, accept that this is a part of the slow return. So, mm. um I've done, I've been using this, like, just YouTube searched for this, like, body scan meditation. Mm -hmm. So that's been one way I've, that's worked for me. I've, I've taken hot baths just to, like, get my muscles to relax. Yeah, um, totally. And because um, I, I got a knee injury during the pandemic for nothing. Like, I just, my knee torqued but i didn't do any like cool thing like parkour in the house because right, your, your gym was closed so you know <laughs> right. it wasn't that right it was just i don't know like being crunched in a shed counseling or something and um there was just an awareness that all my muscles were tight just a lot of cortisol and so like taking hot baths this spring was like a really important ritual every night mm. like just to get me to calm down and relax so i could sleep and um so that's been an important one. The body scan has been a help to... Do you want to tell people what that is? Yeah. I think some people will know, but others won't. Yeah, I... so Sam has this machine in his garage and he lies down. I think that's this... my MRI that I have yeah. in my garage. That's <laughs> it, different. It, yeah. it, it inserts him into this tube. <laughs> yes, and that's a, I produce a clone that goes and mows my yard for me. Yes. Yeah, not that. Different, something else. <laughs> the tangent, the secret... The, the, the mild oh, it's a thing. Oh, we can keep going. <laughs> uh, are you in multiplicity? Is that what yeah. you're in right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is your side job, right? Or like you're making money on the side MRIs. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's been yeah. it's been super helpful lately. We got an aging population in my neighborhood. They they needed look at things. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it, it's just I think it's called like body scan mindfulness. I don't know. You can you can YouTube them, but. Um, it basically is just asking you to be present to your body. Not You're not trying to do anything or you just, I just lay down and, um, or sit in a chair and it just asks you to like pay attention, starts at your feet. Um, no, actually starts at your head. And you just pay attention to like 
what do you feel in your head right now and your neck? And then it um, slowly walks you through like, what are you feeling in your shoulders? And then you intentionally try to maybe relax that area, mm -hmm. but you're just trying to pay attention to what that part of your body's holding. And it just walks you through your whole body. Um, and then you're focusing on your breathing. Um, it's what I've, what I've found helpful is it gets me to listen to what my body's already talking to me about, like sensation wise, like, oh, my legs are really tight or, oh, my shoulders are tight. So it just gets me in my body out of the like spinning loop of thoughts in my head. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's super helpful. So like very revealing of how ignorant we are of how we're actually doing in any given yeah. day when you like stop and choose to go. My wrist is hurting? How long has my wrist been hurting? Like, I didn't actually sit there and go, oh, also, I store my stress in my gut. So why am I feeling stressed about that? And how deep do I want to go here? And when do I want to see my professional about this? <laughs> I want to name, um, look around at the the symptoms. And then can we address, just name that, like, we're all not doing as well as we think we are. So yeah. you can't buy a bike right now because they're all sold out. The um, Garden of the Gods, which is by my home, is packed with RVs that all have water sports, stand-up paddle boards, kayaks, you name it, on top of them. You can't find parking in some of these outdoor spaces beginning on like Thursday morning through the weekend. Uh, every rental is booked for the next year in vacation places. Like you just, we, we can't actually go travel as a family this summer because there's nowhere to stay. Every therapist I know in town is completely slammed and totally mm -hmm. booked. Like I want to go, that, that, that's all I'm going to throw on the board to say we as a culture, we as a group, like we're not, we're not doing well mm -hmm. and we do need to address it. Mm -hmm. And if you've been listening and going, man, Sam, Blaine and Sam are really, really had a doozy, but I'm okay. I'm just mm -hmm. really needing to ignore my family and go for runs every morning. That's just, that's normal. You're like, ah, okay. Mm -hmm. What I appreciated, though, uh, as I'm shifting it back into your article, we as a staff did this activity. Uh, I think when things were beginning to open back up late last year, we were kind of coming into work sporadically. And um, we did this thing on some note cards of like naming what we actually loved about an unexpected blessing from being in lockdown and then things that we didn't like about it. And most people in that didn't like it category wrote down things they used to soothe and medicate. So like Cheetos came up a lot, alcohol came up a lot, chocolate came up a lot. And they sort of like was this mountain of the worst food groups. And you sort of go, yeah, right. I wouldn't point back and say, man, I'm super glad I went through so many Mexican lagers. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked that Costco started carrying them and we recycled a lot last year. However... What you were pushing for towards the end of the article is like, I think we go to self-condemnation and shame yes. and contempt for those things. Yes. And then somehow expect ourselves to be okay apart from any kind of self-care. Yeah. And I, th I think I found what, what you were pushing for to be helpful and provocative um, because final thought before you jump in here um, something my dad said earlier this year, as things were, I mean, there was the second and then the third wave and there was just a bit more fear in the air. He threw out, okay, apply what you learned last year. We had this year where you got to learn these lessons. Now it's time for you guys to double down on what you learned 
provides life. And a few of us sort of looked around each other and we're like, so got to go back to Costco and buy more Cheetos and beer? Like, that was my solution. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you learned. Yeah. Enter self-contempt, hatred, and all that stuff. Um, what would you throw out there as a different way of thinking about the soothing, the self-care, the, the things we did to get through? You know, the category of kindness comes to mind. Like, basically, all of those things represent we're creatures with limits. And at some point, you everybody will resort to coping. You can't stay intact through everything. So there's some need to honor, I'm a creature with limits. I need comfort. I need to cope. At some point, that instinct will kick in all of us. Mm. And I think those symbols of like the things we relied on, right? Like obviously there can be shame and like, oh, that's so terrible. And yeah, just um, the, some of yours were swearing in your neighborhood late at night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, things where you're like, I don't, I feel, I feel shame about these things, but they also were a release valve. Yeah. Yeah. I, I swore a lot sometimes I would just do a lap. Like that was all my exercise for the day in the winter was like, I'll do a lap around my block and swear. Mm. And um, it it felt so like um, primal. Like what is happening to me? Um, but maybe it's now, you know, can I sit with the guy that walked around the block and swore a lot? Like, can I sit with him and and like honor with kindness, his limits. And I drank a ton of eggnog. That was a weird one. I know. Yeah. Um, I can't say that's, yeah. Might hate eggnog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not particularly a big fan. What? Yeah, was, or like the, there was like, um, you know, pacing the pantry and just like, yes, I'll grab another handful of Cheetos. Yes. They're so good. <laughs> or like whatever chocolate. It's honoring the body's need for comfort uh, that we all need. And if you can't bless that, like, I'll say this in general. I believe all sin is a form of self-abuse. So all repentance requires self-kindness. Like, there's a need that even if you feel like those things were harmful that you did and and you you don't want to continue them, it has to start with some compassion for what they gave you, what comfort they provided you. Yeah. And, and They're really complex have... <laughs> waters, right? Like they are complex yeah. because we can look at the ones that we did for the last year, the last year and a half and go like, oh, Mexican lagers, I need to do less. And now I feel like the self-hatred that I turned to that to soothe. But then that that's a bit like the the beach I feel like at T Street out in California where there's like it's sloping it's sloping and then it just drops off and that drop off is the deeper waters of there are things you've done your whole life to self protect to survive mm -hmm. and we often hate those pieces about us the most mm -hmm. and don't have eyes to bless like oh no your flexibility your ability to adapt actually kept you mm -hmm. alive mm -hmm. and healthy and and there's a complexity to blessing it and then addressing it mm -hmm. i don't i don't know that we know how to do either of those things mm -hmm.
I don't know how to bless um, Tecate and also address that. Like, <laughs> as soon as you named the warm bath thing, I'm like, yes, yes. I know. I know what it's like to feel like the primal comfort of a warm shower, and I go, oh, I need this. That's not wrong. Mm-hmm. That I have physical needs mm-hmm. and and can be blessed by comfort. Mm-hmm. So it would be to ask, what is the comfort of Tecate? Yeah. Or Mexican lager. Like yes. what what to to literally get into the physical sensation of like why you love it mm-hmm. and being able to bless the kind of like sensory experience of it and the comfort it gave. Mm-hmm. Um without like again this won't apply for people who don't like eggnog, but there's something about the thick creaminess mm-hmm. and it, it really fills your belly. Like um, it, there was something about the comfort of the, the creaminess. Um, and totally. um, it, there was something about swearing for me. It just felt, it felt good in my body to be angry about what was happening. Like, because it was so powerless mm-hmm. for all of us. So, so you know, to begin to ask the question of even in the thing you don't want to keep doing, what was the, what was the comfort? What were, what did it give you? And being able to be grateful, even for that, that's mm. borders on scandalous. But that is so good. <laughs> I, yeah, I can picture different guys and myself going through that exercise, but to go, um, the kindness is incredibly important. And that I think that uh, it's a vulnerable question because yeah. you talk about it exposes really fundamental places of my need yeah. that are by definition not powerful or compelling or in charge. Yeah. And... There's, those are usually not my favorite parts of my personhood to engage. Yes. Uh, but to go to like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, even so, there is a kind of release to the presence of kindness that changes the conversation when it's thinking about survival. Yeah. And, you know, where like one of my borders on dissociation but like what do i do uh like what do i binge books academic articles all these things and that's not the only one um but to go yeah and um on the one hand it's way to not have to engage with my heart because it gives me Mm -hmm. an impersonal Mm -hmm. third person perspective on what's happening so Mm -hmm. i get to watch what's happening to the human race without having to be a part of it uh on the other hand, there is, you know, as you talk about the texture of eggnog, I'm like, uh, there is beauty in the kind of complex patterns of uh, culture, personhood, and history mm-hmm. that is amazing to behold. Mm-hmm. And like when I when I I can feel that when I turn towards that place in me that's not like, yeah, Blaine, but say how you feel. Like, uh, but that's uh, like, oh, yeah, I love that. Like, yeah, it's really, it's amazing how that works. And then something in me unlocks a little bit and is like, oh, yeah, but I've really been dissociating, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, like there, I almost hear like an ache for transcendence 
what you're calling yes. dissociation. And yes, like <laughs> like uh, um, you know the the undertow of it is it's probably dissociation at some point. But the ache for transcendence, like what a beautiful thing, right? And to be like as you said, like I don't want to yes. be a part of it. Can I stand above it? Like who didn't want to transcend what we were in? Mm. Right, so yes. like starting with high school up till right now. Yep. Touche. Yep. What are some things? What are some real simple things that you, Sam, would encourage listeners to do who are going? Oh yeah, I don't think I've felt yet what the last year and a half has done for me, and I'm having a hard time blessing my own search for comfort and the ways that that played out. Like, mm -hmm. What would you suggest they begin being aware of or doing or, or trying to think differently about? Mm. It, it could start with a simple question like, where are you irritated right now? Where are you, where are you finding yourself with no capacity? Like, where, where are you reactive? Um, it, it could be when you flicked off somebody in traffic to try to sit with what button did that just push in me? Where, where am I prone to reactivity? That could be a question with a turn towards like, what's exhausted in me that's making me reactive. Like what's that, what's that empty tank there? It, it could be simply like, where, where do you find yourself wanting to binge on life? Um, like, I think for our family, you know, like like pursuing four trips in in six weeks, like you know, to, for me to begin to ask the question, what was that, you know? And I think there was this ache for uh, each of those trips was with friends, and so there was this ache for adventure with friends, you know. Um, uh, and I could probably get even more specific than that, but um, to ask, um, where are you finding yourself? aching to binge on life and with that being a reflection of like why are you so hungry there it, it could be um what did you lose this last year like what trips got canceled uh what things could you not do where were you the most pissed off in the year not even necessarily now but and then again i i, I think it's really important that you think what did you what did you use to cope this year um, you know, like alcohol sales were up like, I don't know, 50% or something like that, right? Like pornography use was up exponentially or whatever percentage, right? Like there's all these things that people use to try to regulate what was going on. And, but can you name, can you, can you actually tell the story of what that thing comforted you with? Because, you know, as a man, we know, um, well and love dan allender has said um even in our worst sin he said something like even in our worst sin we cannot eradicate our glory hmm. so you're never just oh that's just sin you know it's always an ache for something and so can you bless that um can you name that wow wow that is a hell of a mic drop and i so good so thank you. Um, for those of you listening in, um, hopefully we'll get to tease some of the back and forth with the live audience. And if you want to be a part of that, 
you can check out our Patreon page where some folks who've decided to partner with and bless and sons by giving monthly. Um, I think it's like the second tier up gets you join in for some live streams. And this has been one of them. And at the end of that, we do a little bit of interaction, some Q and a with the guys. So Chase asks, is there a way to reintegrate your body with soul and mind and the rest of the person? I feel like I've left my body behind. Yeah. Well, I, let's just name your awareness that you've left your body behind is like 80% of the work. So just you missing your body and saying like, I miss my body. It's not here, right? Just that ability to, to be aware of that is a ton of the work already completed. So maybe the question would be, where do you think you left your body behind? Um, where do you last remember being in your body? Maybe you don't. So then is there any moment you remember being in your body to begin to ask the question of like, it probably wasn't conscious, but it's still intentional. So what do you think was the reason you left your body behind? To try to just be curious about that. Um, but making space, just that posture of like, I miss my body and I want it here with me, mm -hmm. um, will get you a lot of the way down the road. So, um, so good. And as far as integration, you know, you might try just involving your body in your worship. Mm. Like, can you let yourself kind of dance with worship music? Or uh, dance, a notoriously easy thing for men who feel <laughs> exactly. subconscious to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, or, can you involve your body in your prayer life? Like go for a walk when you pray or what posture would you want to put yourself in that would honor where your, where your soul is at, where your spirit's at with God? Um, like there are times that I need to yell in prayer just to get my body involved or I need to, um, I need to be alone where I can physically punch a punching bag as I'm praying. Like maybe those mm -hmm. sorts of things or yeah. Yeah, that's good. One more here. Mm -hmm. um, this comes from Ethan and then here's his uh, preamble. So your statement of feeling like you can't find that edge to engage pre-pandemic rhythms as readily yet craving that meaningful re-engagement resonates. Mm -hmm. Not being able to find that. Mm -hmm. Do we think that we need to begin asking questions as we have a hard time re-engaging them or whether they were good to begin with or if they're old oh, rhythms yes. that we should just drop? Okay. That's a great question. Yes. <laughs> I did, like, yeah, that's well said. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I hope we don't just go back to normal. I don't hope, I hope it's not just like a slow ramp up. Yes. Right, to to like, yay, we're back and we're back to like the super fast paced life. Um, I think that's a great question to ask. Um, and we have this opportunity to, because we've all detoxed from it, right? to say like, oh, was that really worth it to go at that pace? Yeah. Yep, totally. I mean, for me, it goes to, I would, I would be horrified if I didn't learn, grow, change from something in my life no matter how large or small that would, that would speak of like a stagnation and an unhealth yeah. and for it to be something as extended in time and impactful as this pandemic, I'd be like, okay, wait, so 
I know there's a part of me that wants to get back to how I felt before, but also getting back while ignoring everything that I've walked through this past year and a half also feels wrong. Yeah. Like there's just, there's been too much that's been revealed of even like the comforting piece, the, um, the, what I look for in community family rhythms. That's like, you know what? You don't just get to like, sneakily slide the rug now back under all the furniture and hope that it looks like nothing was disheveled. (laughs) 